What is Montrospective? It's what we say to ourselves and our attitude towards it. We repeat mantras over and over again to ourselves. If we're doing it right, they're positive, not negative. What we say affects our attitude and our point of view. We all have dreams and goals, but how many of us know where to start to make them happen? I am fascinated by everyday people who are doing extraordinary things, and I wanted to find out why and how they were able to be successful. I spent 16 years in radio, not as a DJ, but as a promotions director. I never had an interest in being front and center or putting myself out there as a personality. Fast forward to today, I have something to say and messages from incredible people to share. Simply put, I am interested. I want to know what propels everyday people to follow their dreams in the hopes that it will inspire you to do the same. We have one life to live. Let's listen, learn, and share our journey with the world. This is Montrospective. Montrospective would like to thank our sponsor. If you're looking for a one-stop shop that offers yoga, meditation, Reiki, readings, and various other classes along with being a metaphysical store, check out Mantra in Blue Springs, Missouri off 7 Highway. Also online at mantrakc.com. My next guest is a spiritual healer and teacher, astrologist and Reiki master. She is intuitive and clairaudient, and if you don't know what that means, she'll explain it all. Her mission is to help people discover their higher self and lead a more purpose-filled life by pushing them to become their best versions of themselves through spiritual alignment and healing work. She launched her YouTube channel called Fearless Intuition in August of 2017 and has grown it to over 78,000 subscribers, where she offers free monthly tarot readings for every sign, as well as energy updates, plus you can subscribe for access to even more. I have followed her for the last year, and personally, I've had several readings that have more than confirmed for me that she is the real deal. More than her accuracy, she cares and truly wants to offer the best guidance she can. And when you read on her website that she tells it like it is, believe her, but it won't be anything that deep down you don't already know is true. I'm excited to learn about her journey to building fearless intuition and to hear all about the exciting projects she has coming up. Betsy Smith, welcome to Montrospective. Thank you. That was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) To hear myself down on paper like that, I don't think I've ever heard anybody do that. That was really cool. Thank you for that. That was uh, So you're like, I'm pretty impressive, aren't I? Yeah. (laughs) Wow. I didn't really like, (laughs) it's very fun to see yourself from somebody else's perspective. Yeah. To kind of, it helps your self-awareness, I guess. And it's true. We've, um, well, I say we've known each other really more recently, but I've followed you for the last year. You know, I have always been a believer in um, the metaphysical world, you know, spirituality, tarot, intuitiveness, all of those things. And there are a lot of people that aren't in into that stuff. So For anybody listening to this episode, I really want you to listen with an open mind because this is truly about helping you on your journey because we're all here for a purpose. And we're going to learn about Betsy. We're going to learn about her gifts. We're going to learn about everything she has coming up. And we're going to dive right in with what kind of little girl were you? What kind of (laughs) dreams and aspirations did you have? Well, because if you've listened to any of the episodes yet, we've seen a common theme too, with everybody I've talked to. So I have really kind of attributed people's successes to they all have certain qualities. So just kind of interested to hear 
how you were growing up. Well, and that's true because I've, you know, after listening to a couple of the podcast episodes as well, um, there is a common theme where there's more of a struggle or there's more of a, a discontented childhood that we have. We, um, those who have a particular spiritual journey, it seems as though their life is just more difficult than other people's, whether it's through physical health, whether it's through mental and emotional, the family lineage is a really big thing. And, um, my childhood was no exception <laughs> to that rule. I grew up in a, I, I grew up as a very lower class socioeconomic status in a, an upper class society. It was, I, I basically tell everybody that I was the poor girl in the rich community. And, um, my parents both were hard workers and, and struggled even still being hard workers to keep food on the table. They did an excellent job of doing that, but it did come at a price. Um, my, I, you know, in our generation, women have grown up with daddy issues. So that's me. <laughs> I am one of those girls that grew up with daddy issues. And, and it's funny because when I learned my astrology later on in life and I saw where my daddy issues were in the chart, it is generational. It's not just me, you know, and, and we hear that so often. That's why it's become such a natural term. And I was the girl with daddy issues. My dad, um, you know, I, I can see back now and see like where he felt like, it was the only thing that he that he could do to better himself. And when I see that now, looking back at that, I can I can see it in a different mindset. I can see it from his perspective. But that little girl who's eight years old, and I can still see that day in my mind when he didn't show up to pick us up for Christmas. My brother, I have an older brother, and that was that was like the beginning of that self worth wound. And I call that the divine wound that we all have as children. And we grow up with a sense of um, needing to find a place and not really knowing how to adjust within finding that place. And so it's really, really hard. It's, it's like, um, I always thought of myself as like a little adult. Because <laughs> like all adults were, they would just like come and be so attracted to talking to me. And I was a tiny, tiny little person. I was very spirited. I was a very spirited child, but I only showed it to very close friends. I only showed it to a small group of friends. I do feel like I lived in the shadows for most of my life, even though I always felt like I wanted to do more. I was a dancer growing up. That really helped with my self-esteem. I was an active overachiever. And as, as much as my parents loved me, there were probably some things could that could have been different to help guide me to my purpose, maybe a little bit sooner, maybe I, but again, looking at all of that, uh, we have to go through trials and tribulations to become the people that we are. And man, I went through quite a bit of them and, and people ask me all the time, like, how do you, how are you such a happy person? When I tell them stories of my, my life and even my teenage years and young adult years, all the way up until maybe even my early thirties, people say, how are you so happy? How, how is it that you live such an amazing life after, or you can look on the positive side. And it's because I don't, uh, anymore. I mean, I, I had to go through the pain. I had to go through the sadness. I, I went through the anger and, but I also looked at the situation and I said, I would rather live in a peaceful existence with myself 
than attach myself to a situation that there's, I have no control over. There's absolutely nothing else that I can do, but think of it, rise above, right? And there were even times when I would get angry with myself for rising above, always the one that rises above, but um, it's better for me. It's, it, you know, when you learn what, what brings peace to your life, that you'll do anything to keep that. You won't, you'll do anything to allow yourself it's about giving yourself permission to forgive and forget. But yes, definitely a lot of challenges. <laughs> you, would, you would look at my life today and be like, man, she's just, her life must have been just fantastic. It was not. <laughs> it was well, great. that just shows, that just shows how much work you've put into your life in making yeah. it what it is today. And you hit on something already right out of the gate, which I only recently discovered and that's the divine wound, that we all have something that happened to us when we were young that kind of almost predefines who you are. It almost tells Everything. you a story about yourself that you perpetuate your entire life and it isn't true and you can go back and change that narrative. And I only recently discovered that when I was four years old, my sister was born. She was born the day before my birthday, the day before my fourth birthday. So I have, I don't have a ton of memories of my childhood, but I have a very clear vision of that because I remember my grandparents taking me to the hospital to meet my little sister and it was my birthday and mm -hmm. that was not front and center. No, right. like nobody cared that it was my birthday and leaving the hospital, a police officer saw me. And, you know, asked me what I was doing there. And I'm like, I'm, I'm here to see my sister and it's my birthday. And he was like, happy birthday. And he looked me in the eyes and he gave me a little green safety pop sucker. I held on to that, that, okay, I was seen, I was seen by somebody else mm -hmm. at that moment when other people weren't seeing me, but it, it's, I just recently realized that that is what has kind of held me back my entire life is that I almost had the attention taken away from me, I guess. And mm -hmm. I felt like I didn't matter anymore yeah. at that point. I, I love that you brought that up because I think it would benefit a lot of people to really reflect on your life and reflect on your childhood and find out what that is for you and go back and change the narrative. I can go back to being that four-year-old four little girl in my mind and say, that's not what was happening. That, you know, it's not that they didn't love me any yeah. less yeah. or anything like that. There was just this new shiny baby. And right. Melissa, if you're listening, I love you. It's not your fault. <laughs> but, well, and yeah. now you get to celebrate your birthday with your sister. Like yeah. what an amazing gift that's, but you, yeah. you don't see that as a child, especially as a four-year-old. I mean, you were an only child for four years. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden this little human came into your life and you were like, Really? You, and you're a Gemini. It's like to have your shine taken away from you like that. That's not okay sometimes. But after I recognized it and I was able to go back and say, okay, that's not really how it was. It kind of changed how I felt about everything. It almost kind of rewrites history yes. in a way. So, yeah. you know, I encourage people to, to dive deep and do that work because as an adult, you're able to um, see things like you said in a different way in a different light it becomes more clear or you understand why people did the things the way they did you may not still agree with it but you right. can actually see the other side um so yeah 
challenges absolutely um are and it really that divine wound developed well it it, that divine wound was the basis of all of my relationships with men i used to have a narrative in my mind that i would say that all men leave they just do like every single one of them (laughs) they never stick around and that's so incredibly untrue um but i also feel like the reason why i've had i'm raising three men is because of that divine wound as well as i have to raise a different kind of man so yeah there's a big purpose in that divine wound if we look into it well that's the thing that's a fantastic way to look at it we are in control of what we tell ourselves and if you could tell yourself every day that men leave and and that's what's going to happen to you i i believe in you know, manifestations and all of those things and what we tell ourselves. That's kind of the whole point in Montrospective is, you know, that's, that's what we tell ourselves. But if you change that narrative. And it sounds so cheesy and cliche sometimes. Just say the positive. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And it's easier said than done, but (laughs) it's always good to try. (laughs) (laughs) So fast forwarding a little bit, when did you discover you had these gifts and how did it make you feel? How were you scared of them? Were you embracing them? And also tell people what it means to be intuitive and clairaudient as well. Well, first I'll start with the intuitive and clairaudient, what it actually means. Um, we all have intuition. We all have, and because intuition is that inner guide. We like, we are the higher self. I um, have always sort of been connected to a higher source my entire life. Um, but having that intuition, you have, the, the biggest thing is learning just how to listen to it because every, I'm no different than anybody else when it comes to the intuition and my intuition guides me through every single moment of every single day from here on out. Like I'm a, I'm an extremely logical person. If you looked at my birth chart, you would be like, you know, wow, reality check. But my goal in this lifetime is to find that higher purpose and to, and to grab onto it. So the clear audience is the, the hearing of the messages. And I'll tell you a really funny story after I go through how everything kind of came about for me, because the clear audience is what showed me my gifts. That was what brought it in. I'm now, I now know that I'm also clairsentient, which is you feel, you, you can feel a certain, and I can like feel pain, physical pain from other people. And there's a clairvoyance and now clairvoyances are what like psychic mediums who speak to people who have passed over have clairvoyance. Um, They can also do the clairaudience as well. But um, clairvoyance, um, the way that clairvoyance works with me, clairvoyance is seeing things in your mind. And um, so certain images of my own life will like spirit will bring me certain images of my own life that you would relate to. Like if I were doing a reading for you, so um, clairaudience, clairsentience, and um, clairvoyance all sort of go together. Some people have a stronger clairaudience versus a stronger clairvoyant and vice versa. Like it could, you, but almost everybody is psychic. Almost everybody is psychic in some way, shape, or form. You just sort of have to open yourself up to it and believe that it's possible. I don't think that any one person is more gifted than another. Honestly, I think all of our gifts are really different in, in a lot of different ways. Like. Um, if you decide that you want to get up and start journaling one day, you're probably channeling a message from your higher self that you need to know. That's a lot of what our diary entries and our journal entries are. I, (laughs) I was a person that was always, even down, like going back into my childhood, I was a person that was always, um, someone who 
um, I was seeking out something that was bigger than me. I knew that there was something like, this can't be it. Like, there's absolutely no way this, this crap that's going on in the world is it. So even my parents were not religious. My mom was really religious when she was a little girl and she decided she didn't want to raise her children that way. And she wanted them to come into their own. And that was always very appreciated by me. Um, I dragged my, my parents to church <laughs> on Easter and Christmas. <laughs> um, but I started going to a Baptist church with my grandmother, my step-grandmother, uh, when I was eight years old. Um, ironically, the same year that my father disappeared. So um, I, I was looking for a father figure. I was looking for something that could help guide me through my life. And I had my stepdad, but there's a, and, and he was a wonderful father figure in my life. But at the same time, there was still a disconnect there. Um, I look exactly like my dad. So he, that, that divine wound really is like a huge basis of how I came to be who I am today. Um, so I, I would seek out um, Christianity. I, I grew up in a, in a land of Christianity, if you will. Um, I even have the, the Jesus fish tattooed on my arm. Very much believe in the teachings of the man Jesus. I think I, I have my belief systems um, in Christianity, but I also um, deeply, deeply believe that all religions have a place in society um, now that I've grown sort of past just being in the box of Christianity. But I um, went to um, youth ministry in high school. I was very, very connected to the church. Um, I got very, very involved with the church. When I was an adult, I even did youth ministry for high school kids and um, went on trips with them and would, you know, do, do sermons with them and um, even took some theology classes. I was very interested in, I just wanted to be of service. You know, I wanted to be that person that could, could brighten up another person's day um, and bring a little bit of perspective, I guess, even all the way back then before. And this is before what I like to call the great awakening, the great Betsy awakening. <laughs> so that was before all that happened. And um, I was married and divorced twice. I have three amazing boys from both of those. Um, amazingly enough, I'm still really good friends with my ex-husbands as well. So um, I've learned to cultivate relationships along the way and grow and mature from them, from that divine wound from my childhood. After I divorced my second husband, I met somebody who was a catalyst to my awakening. And the, the best way that I can describe that is that he stirred up a part of my soul that was so deep that it literally broke me like I, I was at the bottom. There was, you know, I had been, you know, I, I'd gone through mental health challenges. I was diagnosed bipolar in my early 20s, even though I was not bipolar. It was a misdiagnosis, but I was medicated for 10 years. And so I was always sort of finding, trying to find this identity. And then this person comes along in my life when I was 36, I think I was 36. And he, he helped push me, but it was the emotions that he stirred within me. It wasn't the actual physical human vessel of who he is. And that's a really big thing that I, I try and teach people when they get really attached to other people who bring those kind of emotions out in them. I, I say, you know, sometimes we have to meet people in life that trigger that divine wound within you so that you can learn to heal that part of you and grow into your purpose and become the person that you're supposed to be in this life. Man, after that, uh, it was, I, it's, it's a very hard 
to explain the process because part of me um, has forgotten quite a bit of it because it was very traumatic. Um, and I'm almost 41. So this was less than five years ago that this happened. So I went through a dark night of the soul, which is just severe depression and really having, it was, it's, it's an ego death. It's, it's um, finding those places within yourself that you actually, you have to come to terms with the things that you've been hiding for a really long time. And when that, and, and everybody has access to that kind of wake up call in their life without having another human, like be that catalyst to it. Some people do it through meditation, some, but it, it's basically, and I didn't realize that that's what was happening to me. I started researching. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Like I started, to, I thought I was crazy. It was so, so many, so many things. Um, and one day I woke up and I started hearing messages and I really thought I, I was like, Oh my God, I can't tell anybody this is happening to me. They're going to put me back in the hospital. Cause I had previously been hospitalized because of the bipolar actually it was like medically induced by that point. But um, I was, you know, I, I was freaking out. I couldn't talk to anybody about it. And so I went to, uh, I, I live in Kansas city and I went to a psychic here in Kansas city and she read my cards and she read my entire life. And she said, this is what you have to do to communicate these messages. Cause I was at work. I was a project manager in telecom at the time. And I was at work and I was getting so many messages at such a rapid rate that I was like, I had like 500 notes in my iPhone at one point. It was insane. And I was, I was going crazy. And so I went to, I went to this lady and she read my cards and I picked up tarot cards that day and I picked up the book and I became obsessed. That was August of 2000. And it was the beginning of August of 2017, August 3rd of 2017. And I became obsessed and I was doing, I was doing readings for myself and I was just teaching myself tarot and I would watch YouTube videos, realized that I had, I didn't, I didn't know if what was happening was real, to be honest. And, uh, it was, it was quite a whirlwind. It was quite a, um, a storm, I guess. And, um, the thing that the funny story I wanted to tell you about the Claire audience is there was one day, <laughs> that I was walking out the door, I was getting ready for work. I was walking out the door and I, I looked up in the sky and I was like, could you guys just give me one day? Like, I just, I need to get work done today. It's going to be a really busy day, meetings all day long. I just need one day. Could you please do that for me? And um, I started hearing the song, you can't always get what you want by the Rolling Stones in my head. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like it was the... <laughs> So that was the day that I realized my spirit guides have a mad sense of humor. And that's probably why I'm so sarcastic because they've been feeding me those wines my whole life. Uh, it was, it was quite a process that I went through. Uh, I don't know that I would wish that upon anybody, to be honest. Um, you know, I went through 36 years of a really, really difficult life and probably um, the ages of, you know, 37 to 39, 40 were my hardest, I would say, and the best on top of it. So um, it, it was quite a journey for me to take. Um, I always knew that there was something about me that was special. I just didn't know what that was until somebody had to break my heart, <laughs> like really actually break my heart for it to happen. So yeah. How long did it take you to embrace and accept what 
you were, you know, learning and harvesting and all of that to be comfortable to start sharing it with others or people in your life without you thinking, okay, they're going to think I'm crazy. They're, you know, all of that. Well, I'm sort of an odd little bird because I've always, um, yes, I, I wonder and, um, fret about the way people think about me some, not, or I used to a lot. Um, but I've always sort of done things regardless of how people thought of me. So I started teaching myself tarot and that's how it all started. Like I, I didn't start doing the spiritual guides and the spiritual teaching and the, and the meditations and like everything started with the tarot. And I started teaching myself on August 3rd of 2017. And I posted my first video on YouTube to start sharing that on September 3rd, 2017. I shared the gift with a handful of people that I knew would be accepting my children, my, my older two boys, all three of them know, obviously now, but my youngest was too young at the time to understand, but my older two boys embraced it right away. The gentleman that, that I was in a relationship with at the time, he really helped guide me through a lot of that, you know, ego death and dark night of the soul and let me do tarot readings to practice on him. I didn't tell my family and I didn't tell friends from what I call my old life, my past life for a while, because I told my, one of my best friends and unfortunately that friendship didn't survive. And then I got scared that people wouldn't accept me. And it was like strangers on YouTube accepted me more than the people in my life that I grew up with. So I even cut myself off Facebook, everything. Um, I, I had my Facebook business, but nobody knew about it. I, I just actually recently kind of outed myself in my personal, on my personal Facebook. Nobody really knew what I was doing until just recently. It was sort of a, it was sort of a, a teeter totter, I guess. Because some people knew right away and some people didn't find out until three years after the fact, you know, you, I, I think the biggest thing with that is allowing yourself to, I needed that safe space and allowing yourself to cultivate a safe space for yourself mm -hmm. when it comes to talking about your truth and speaking your truth and allowing people to get, see the, the deepest parts of you, finding that safe space within yourself first is the biggest thing that you can do. Because if you don't feel safe with your own truth, you can't give that away. And that's a big part of what I teach with the boundaries and stuff too, so. <laughs> How did the name Fearless Intuition come about? Uh, I was sitting on my couch one night. And um, so the, the whole YouTube idea came up because I had been watching you know, a couple of tarot readers on YouTube. And I thought to myself, like my higher self kept saying, you need to do that. You need, you, people need to hear you. People need to hear what you have to say. You have things to say. You need to do a YouTube channel, put it off and put it off for a couple of weeks. Everything happened so fast. Um, I was sitting on my couch one night and I closed my eyes and I said, what is it that I'm trying to achieve? And I heard fearlessness. You're trying to be fearless with your life. And I said, yes, but how am I going to do that? And I heard, you're intuitively going to do that. And I thought, oh, there it is, fearless intuition. And that became the name. That's incredible. Yeah. And, you cool. know, 
That's, I think that's something I have been struggling with. I've been reading um, tarot cards for myself for years, um, but only recently started trying to do it for others. And intuition is so important and being able to trust that. Were you trusting of your intuition right away or was that something that you had to build up over time? I think I trusted a part of it. Again, it was, it was like pieces. I had to release pieces of my truth um, because of, you know, I hadn't quite learned yet to really fully release my past. And so um, I tell everybody, I heal through healing you. Things that I teach and things that I've learned along the way are the same thing. It's very symbiotic. It's the things that I don't teach anything that I haven't already put myself through. I haven't already gone through. And I knew that there was like in the beginning, it was very, it was so surreal that everything was happening. It was kind of a whirlwind. And I mean, like I expected a hundred people to subscribe to this. I'm like, who the heck wants to listen to a tiny little Midwest girl, you know, grew up in Kansas. Here we are. Um, but nobody knew me, you know, and I apparently um, had something that, that people wanted to watch, I guess. And, and that was really, that was a, that was a new concept for me that somebody, that people actually wanted to listen to what I had to say. Um, and, and so at first it was, it was scary because of the numbers and, and, oh my gosh, I have to live up to this expectation now. And, and learning how to show up for yourself is like, <laughs> that's so tough. But every time I showed up for myself a little bit more, um, it was uh, it was it was easier it was easier to trust uh, my intuition and, and what I had to to do and what I had to give. Um, but yeah, it, it really is very true that every single thing that I guide I am guided to teach myself. That's what I'm also guided to teach others. Um, it's really interesting how it's all sort of paralleled itself my life and, and the teachings. Well, I think one thing among many things that people find so appealing about you is that you're very natural. You don't come off rehearsed as some other readers do. And you're blatantly honest. You tell it like it is. There are times where I'm watching your videos where I feel like you were talking directly to me and, mm -hmm. you know, teaching me a life lesson right in my face. And a lot of those things are difficult to hear, but it's also somewhat refreshing to hear it from someone who doesn't know you, doesn't know anything about you, and it's a message you need to hear in that moment. Um, so, you know, you're, you're very honest in your videos. You're like, hey, if you don't like somebody that, you know, cusses from time to time or, you know, whatever, I'm not your reader, but I think that's what kept me around is that you have life lessons to teach. It's not even just about, you know, finding the love of your life or getting that great job or whatever. It's teaching you about yourself. I still have a hard time believing that you've only done this for three years. You are so yeah. seasoned. I mean, it, it, I'm shocked that I thought for sure you were going to tell me, yeah, I kind of discovered it when I was a teenager and didn't know what to do with it. And then, you know, I had no idea that this just happened a matter of years ago. So that says a lot well, about honestly, your purpose. I, I, I haven't said that to many people because in, um, in the 3D world is what I like to call it, in societal standards, in the 3D world, the way that we go about is 
you, you know, if you don't have experience, I mean, you see these, these tarot readers and, and, and psychics say, I have 20 years of experience. And, and I'm like, I don't need to tell people what my experience is. I don't have to prove myself in any way because I know what I'm saying is what they need to hear in this moment. And that's all I can give. Um, my brother even said the other day, exactly what you said to me, um, that he's, he said, it's just so refreshing that you're just brutally honest. You just say what you think, you say how you feel, you say, you know, you don't mince your words or anything like that. And I said, I spent a very long time in our life, not, not talking and not standing up for myself and not speaking my truth. And it's exhausting. <laughs> it's exhausting to not do that. And I, 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 you know, no lie. I warn people that when you're with me, when you're in my energy, be prepared to be triggered because I don't say things to be mean. I would never intentionally hurt somebody with words at all. Um, I know that I, I have in the past and I know that that's something that I had to cultivate on my own to learn how to not be so harsh. And even sometimes I'll say, I'll even ask, do you mind if I give you some advice right now? Because I want them to be prepared for what that advice is. I never come in with my guns fully loaded. If you're watching a reading or you're watching, you're, you're reading something on social media that I've posted or you're doing a workshop or you're doing a meditation and you are triggered, it is because your soul needed you to hear what I was saying in that moment for you to be triggered. And I truly believe that that's how we're all connected. Um, to find that <laughs> was a very, it, it created, it made me realize my power. It made me realize my power, it created a vortex, I guess you could say, um, um, a portal into, um, allowing myself to say, we all are, have flaws. None of us are perfect. Um, and I will never tell you a lie just to make you feel better about your situation. I will never, my gift to you is the honest truth. That's all I can do. Well, like I've told you before about me personally, I think you're better than therapy, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, and I am a full hundred percent believer in, in going to therapy and I have, um, me too. I do find, I, I do find that the things you say to me, hit home a lot quicker than what a therapist does and gets me to think and gets me to do the work. Um, so I think that's an amazing gift that you're giving to people. And I know a lot of people have benefited from working with you um, like that. So I'm well, and to be fair, I, I went to, I took psychology classes in college. That was, that was my path. That's well, that's what I thought my path was. Um, and every time I tried to keep pushing forward and, and doing another semester and doing another year, I, something in my life would happen and I would have to stop and I would have to drop out all over again. So like, I think that I only have made just, you know, a semester left of school to even get a bachelor's in psychology and I'm not interested. And then a lot of people say, do you know the money that you could make with that? And I'm like, I don't care. Like, that's not, I, I got the information I needed from that. Because I feel like psychology is very, very helpful. Therapists are very needed. We need to have that in the me mental community. Um, but at the same time, it's a very old script. And I, so I, I kind of push those two together. It's like taking the Western world and the Eastern world and allowing them to cultivate a whole new world, if you will. 
I guess. <laughs> well, and you're helping more people at one time than mm-hmm. by doing one-on-one appointments yes. with people. You know, you're, you're kind of able to get your message out to thousands of people and it's going to resonate with, you know, the vast majority of those people. So yeah. um, I'm happy you chose that route. <laughs> <laughs> So how long after you launched Fearless Intuition, did you start having to deal with criticism from others and how, how did you deal with that? Okay. So because of my self-worth wound needing to be triggered so much for me, because that's our shadow, right? That's the shadow work, the side that people, we don't necessarily show people. Um, because that had to be triggered, I, I started to get criticized from the get-go. The YouTube community, anybody can be on YouTube. Anybody can say whatever they want on YouTube. Um, it's, it's a very harsh environment to be in, and you have to be a strong individual to be in it. And a lot of people would say to me, man, you're so strong to be able to deal with all of that. And there were times that I would break. Uh, there were times that, I mean, like, I've thought about quitting the channel <laughs> more times than I would care to admit. Um, but there was a time I, I, I started to realize that the energy that I put out to people, the negative energy that I put out to people will only perpetuate and come back to me. So instead of um, allowing, because that's where most of the criticism comes from. I've been criticized on other social media. I've been criticized by family members. I've been criticized by people that were friends of mine. Um, there's been criticism all around, but for some reason, the general public always kind of hit a little bit harder than anybody else. So, um, I would have moments where I would shut down for a week. I would kind of go into my own little hermit status, if you will. And, um, there was even, you know, probably a a six to nine month cycle that I just didn't really like. I was basically going through the motions and I would have to like force myself to be good enough to do readings. And then I decided to pull back on, on doing readings on YouTube so I could focus more on my personal, on my clients. And, um, then I started to realize that I, I got, I got to this point to where I had a second awakening. There was one particular subscriber on YouTube that really made me feel bad about, about myself on a, on, in a way that I hadn't felt about myself in a long time. Um, and it's amazing how a perfect stranger can like hit you with, with words that, um, can, you know, break that part of your soul again and bring that divine wound right back up. Um, and I'm thankful for that person because I, after I wallowed in myself for a couple of days, um, she told me that I was fake and I wasn't real. And like all of the things that I, my fear was that, oh my gosh, somebody's going to find me out that I'm a total fraud and none of this is real and everything I'm doing is completely wrong. Um, the narrative, right. That negative narrative that we tell ourselves. Um, and I, I, uh, I had a couple of days. I had a cry for a couple of days. I had a wallowing in my own self-pity for a couple of days. And then I said, you know what, Betsy, for you to allow somebody else to come in your space and to create tension and negativity, and they don't even know who you are. They don't know what you've been through. They don't know your life story. Even if they did know your life story, there's absolutely no reason that you should put any kind of value. 
I, I, I know that I am very divinely protected by my spirit guides and they like to whisper sweet nothings in my ear sometimes when I'm being really hard on myself. And, um, one of them is my grandfather that passed away when I was 13. He's one of my spirit guides. And, uh, he's always there to kind of like take my hand and keep me going up the hill when I, when I want to quit. So, um, in that moment I got up and, um, I went for a walk and I connected with nature and I felt this where the first awakening that I had was heartbreaking. This one that I had, it was like a softening. It was like, I felt like this light was just pouring out of me on my, on this walk out on this beautiful spring day. And, um, this was just last year actually that that happened. And, um, you come to a realization that, um, life is so much more than the way people perceive you. You perceive yourself in a certain way and everybody else's perception is just an opinion of who you are because nobody knows you in the way that you know yourself. So um, that's when I started my workshop. I started doing the workshops. I started um, creating the workshops, um, the self-alignment workshops. And uh, it was birthed from that second, <laughs> from that spiritual awakening. Um, I also found out that I was really, I, I was sick last year with an immuno, uh, immuno um, deficiency. Um, and uh, it was, that was um, kind of a wake up with my, my physical health because I had been focusing so much on my spiritual and mental health. I forgot about my physical. And when I started treating myself better and loving myself in a physical way, in a spiritual way, in a mental way, I mean, I still have days, you know, we all have crappy days where we have, where we think terrible things, but, um, for the most part, that was, that was kind of that switch in my mind that there was no, there was, I couldn't, I just couldn't sit there anymore. I couldn't sit there and, and allow myself to believe lies coming from someone else, if you will. What do you tell someone who is skeptical of what you do, or does it matter to you at this point, what anyone thinks? Um, it really doesn't matter to me what anybody thinks, uh, about what I do. I know that I'm aware that people think that I might be a little bit off my rocker sometimes, but as long as I'm standing in my truth and as long as I know that what I'm feeling and what I'm saying and what I'm doing, um, comes from a place of, um, complete authenticity it really doesn't matter what anybody thinks of me. I have um, friends that help me police the channel in the comments now so they can be deleted. So I don't, because, because I, I, I will get triggered, you know, I mean, that divine wound doesn't go away easily, even after you've fully accepted it. So I, I, I have cultivated a, a family, a group of people that take very good care of me and make me feel and help me to feel safe, not make me feel safe. Cause you can only make yourself feel safe, but they help me to feel safe. And, uh, what continues, uh, what continues to inspire you? People who genuinely want to be better for themselves. And I also am really, really inspired by the generations that come after me. I'm so inspired by the, I call them kids, the 30 year olds. <laughs> I, call them kids. I do There's too. The reason why everybody calls me mama B. <laughs> everybody calls me mom. Um, the kids that are going through their Saturn return right now, or just after their Saturn return, 
Um, and they're, they're, the, they're the Scorpio, they're Pluto and Scorpio babies and Pluto and Sagittarius babies. And um, the Neptune and Pisces babies, which would include my son, my youngest son, Jack, um, they're changing the world. And to watch how awake they already are and to watch and see them say, no, we're not going to, you know, sit back and just let you guys do the things that you've always been doing. It's, it's beautiful and it's very inspiring. Um, I'm so inspired by um, some Twitter folks that I follow that um, I just have the blessing to, to be in their lives. And a lot of them are from that, the generation of the Saturn, the, they're going through their Saturn return, they're 30-ish right now. Astrology is a whole nother topic because I've just <laughs> recently dove into that and it is so overwhelming. Yes. Like once you understand that you can look at your birth chart and kind of see the path of your life, a lot of people don't buy into that. No, um, my my husband is one of them who... He's got a very open mind, but he's the type that has to be proven and shown things and facts, 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 and all of that. And to me, that's a roadmap of your entire life mm -hmm. right there. You can become obsessed really fast, Real fast. <laughs> with trying to figure out what it all means. And yeah. I'm somebody who wants to fast forward three months where I understand everything and I can just look mm -hmm. at something and I am so far from that. I'm still trying to understand what transits are and, you know, all the terminology and everything. And I know you transitioned into that as well. And you're studying astrology and everything now. Um, yep. How has that helped you um, become even a, a better reader and a better understander of your own life and all of that? Well, it's funny, um, in very early stages of, of the tarot, of reading tarot on YouTube, um, somebody had commented on a video, and I will never forget this, that said, you can't read tarot without knowing astrology. And whether that's true or not, I think that there are tarot readers out there that can't, I mean, there are plenty out there that can read it without knowing astrology, and they're very gifted, and they have an, an amazing talent, an amazing gift. But I think one of the reasons why I can be so on point with a lot of people is that I go by the astrology and I go by the meanings and the messages in the cards. It all works together for me. It, and, and so when I do a reading, yes, you can watch it for your sun, moon and rising, but it's either going to resonate with you or it's not going to resonate with you. There is no in between. There's, and, and if you try and pick and, and choose in my reading, like what you want to resonate with and what you don't want to you're going to be like, oh, damn, you're going to come back later and say she was right about more than I thought at the time, because what you're watching at the time may not have come to pass yet, because I'm looking at astrology, too, that's happening down later on in the month. So whether that calm, I mean, it's, I don't I don't feel like it's the truth, but I think that there are plenty of tarot readers out there that do an amazing job without knowing astrology. But that was something that kind of clicked in my mind. And um, the astrology, the tarot cards are actually bound with the astrology. To, you know, it was the system of astrology and tarot did come together, um, you know, and, and the major arcanas and the minor arcanas all sort of represent signs and planets from the astrology. But I start, <laughs> people ask me all the time, like, how did you learn astrology? I'm honestly, I'm self-taught astrology as well. Um, I haven't taken any, and I, I would not call myself the best astrologer, astrologist, like there's absolutely, I'm not the best. There's so many people, the things that I come up with every day, there's some, there's always something new to learn with astrology. 
Um, and I, I even still feel very overwhelmed by some parts of it, um, the things that you don't know about it. Um, but it took me, you know, my first book that I had to learn astrology was Astrology for Dummies. <laughs> and I learned myself how to draw my own chart. My, and I learned astrology through my own chart. By looking at my own chart, by looking into my own lessons that I've, you know, physically went through, and then looking at my chart, I would go, oh my God, like, are you seriously? <laughs> Every single time I learned something new about myself, I was like, that's where that comes from. And I was either really ticked off or like, I would have to sit with myself for a minute be like, man, if I could have just learned this 15 years ago, think of all the things I could have saved myself. Um, but it, it was astrology for me. I'm the kind of person that says the way that you're going to heal yourself is if you find, if you learn absolutely everything about who you are and we are directly connected to the planets, our personality, the way that we interact with other people, the relationships that we create, it's all planetary. You know, we are an energy of the universe. So why would the planets not make sense? Why would the planets not guide us through things? I am a firm believer of living your life through the planetary aspects that are happening currently. Um, I try not to do future transits too often because I'm a person that really like you, just opposite of you, or you want to be three months down the road. I have to be in the present moment because my anxiety will overcome me. I know that about myself. I'm so self-aware that I know my anxiety will overcome me if I try and think too far into the future. I have to pay attention to the details of life. Um, so I live very much in present moment astrology. A lot of astrologers really don't like, because I don't do predictive. I don't do a lot of predictive astrology. I, I work with, um, I think it's a, a great tool to help people heal from the things in their life, along with meditation, along with um, deep shadow work, along with doing to everything that I try and provide is, is about the healing process, not necessarily about telling you your future, you know, because you can't know your future if you don't know your present or your past, if you will. Yeah, just sometimes you want to know. Sometimes, <laughs> I know. Sometimes when you've gone through so much crap and you're over it, you kind of want to know, is, is yeah. there light at the end of the tunnel or not? There always is. There always <laughs> That's true. Just, it, the, light may, the, the light may be a different color than you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good point. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> well, you mentioned before about all of these younger people and how inspiring it is uh, to see how um, awakened they are to everything. How do you make sense of what's going on in the world right now? I know that's a loaded question. That's, <laughs> that's is, a big question. Is. And, you know, I, I um, am a person that holds the energy of the, of the collective and I hold space for the collective. So this is, it's been really hard. I actually stopped doing um, personal readings for about two months um, to get my, my physical health um, in order and to, um, be able to hold space for the collective in a proper way without exhausting myself. When I say that I'm holding space for the collective, I'm, I'm loving the planet. <laughs> Basically I'm loving everybody who needs to be loved. Um, I'm helping guide everybody. I'm helping, um, and, and whether it's a, it's a subconscious thing or, or whether it's, you know, me actually talking one-on-one -on -one or messaging somebody who's on social media, that's having a hard time. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. And, um, this is necessary. 
<laughs> and I la- and so when I get really uncomfortable, I laugh. By the way, <laughs> I'm the same way, totally the same way. Because, because I know that I'm about to spit some truths and some drop some bombs, and um, I still feel like I don't want people to think that I I'm emotionless to everything that's happening. Um, but I feel like the collective needed this jolt into reality because we were kind of spiraling. We were all, there was, there was this huge sense of negativity and and pain and, and oppression and, and everybody is so, has been so suppressed within the facade of life and the way life needs to look and the way life needs to go that I feel like, you know, there, there were some very big astrology aspects that were coming up this year. Um, astrologers across the board were all saying 2020 is going to be a really big year of change. Like there's, you know, there's no doubt about it. Like one of the astrology things that happened the last time that aspect happened was in 1983 when the AIDS pandemic started. So the, the, the correlations of astrology and what's happening in the world right now are fascinatingly amazing. And this year we have so many huge gigantic planetary aspects with the big boys like Jupiter and Pluto and Saturn and the big boys that it's um, hard to, to, to say that this wasn't in the cards for us, that this, it wasn't this, that this is a mistake, that this is a coincidence for this to happen this year of all years. Um, it's a really big planetary reset and people are having to face their shadows by solitude and confinement and quarantine. And there we're having to really see how the injustices of our, our, our country and the entire world has created such division between us. The judgment is sort of so real right now that you have to look in, inward to find that safe place. And when you're looking inward for the first time and you're realizing that you have to face even your own demons and the things that you have systematically believed your whole life or the things that um, you did not want to admit to yourself because it was too painful and now all of a sudden you are stuck, <laughs> forcefully stuck. I'm really glad to be, I'm blessed to be alive at this time. I know that sounds so weird. It sounds so weird. And I've told so many people, don't, don't um, let anybody tell you that you cannot be happy and joyful while everything is going on. Do not let people take your joy away. Just because somebody else is having a really difficult time that doesn't mean that you have to sit in their misery. And um, so I, 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 I haven't had such as hard a time as everybody else has, I guess. Um, there are moments where I'm completely and totally exhausted from holding space. Um, and my emotions have run extremely high during this time. And I too have found even more of that shadow work um, to come up and um, I, I actually, I feel extremely grateful to be alive, to see this happening, to be honest. <laughs> so weird. No, to say that's, that. that's no, but it's not weird. Like I wouldn't expect you to say anything differently, but there's a huge part of the population who hasn't embraced this, who doesn't see things the way we do. Like for me, I was furloughed from my job at the beginning of April and I could have been really pissed off right away about that. 
Um, and instead I decided to take it as a gift and I get to have the time I've always wanted to, to do this, to start a podcast, um, that would have been more difficult. Could I have still done it? Sure. But I had every day, all day to focus Mm -hmm. on me and do the things that I wanted to do. Um, and I, you know, and am I questioning things now? Like what's next? Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Of course I am. But once you kind of become awake to things, you also start trusting and believing that everything is going to work out for the better, that everything is happening in divine timing, the way it's meant to. I'm doing my shadow work. I'm learning about myself and I'm going to come out on the other side better than I was before. And I hope and pray that a bigger part of the population starts to embrace that and starts to understand that because that's how we move forward in life. That's how we make things better. And we stop living with all the hate and divide and everything that's going wrong right now. And we get back to the the basics of you're supposed to love and support each other. Right. And well, and I think that, you know, I, I've always told everybody and there's a part in my chart, my, you know, even before I knew my astrology, I would say this, there's a part in my birth chart that says that my purpose in this lifetime is to, to, um, love is to be the essence of love. And, um, and, and I've struggled with that my whole life because I am the essence of love. And then I get my heart broken because I didn't have good boundaries kind of thing. So, um, it's a, it's, it's, um, it's an amazing process to be able to go through. Um, I know that the, the purpose that I I'm here is, is to love the earth. And I think that this was the reason why that, I mean, I'm in the prime of my life. I'm 40 years old. I've been through all my things. I have so many things coming up for me. I get to witness an entire shift in perspective and energy. And I believe that a lot of people are waking up right now in the same way that I did in a very hard catalyst Kind and you way. keep, you keep saying things that I'm like, oh my God, we haven't talked about that yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, so something I learned from you as well over the last year, healthy boundaries. You yes. preach that like yes. crazy that you have to establish healthy boundaries and it doesn't make you a bad person for doing that. Mm-hmm. Can you explain a little bit about what that means for people? I'll try to make it quick. <laughs> I, I know. I know it's, it's, it's very in depth, but that's why they can go to your YouTube channel. They can go yes. to your website and find out more, but just all of my workshops are available. Um, <laughs> but yes. Yeah, so um, boundaries, healthy boundaries are huge. And that was honestly one of the things that I had to learn in my life. And I'm still, I, I still learn it every day. Um, it's, we are shamed into thinking that we have to be everything for everyone. We have to be people pleasers. We have to do and be of service, um, to everyone. And then when you are too exhausted to be of service to anyone and you start putting up boundaries, they get mad. And then you guys get angry and you start fighting and like all of the things, right. And it's, it's such a drama fest. So when you are, when you start with the boundary, when you start up front in a relationship and say, this is who I am, warts and all. Like, you're either going to love me or you're going to hate me. I'm going to trigger you and you're going to love that or you're going to be like, oh my God, this woman is too much for me. I tell everybody I'm, I'm more, I'm the kind of magic that you, you think that you want and then you need a little more time to adjust to. <laughs> because, because I'm so strong in my boundaries. Um, I had to learn that it was not selfish for me to say no. I had to learn that it wasn't selfish for me to 
charge the money that I charge for readings it, uh, because I know what my worth is. I know what my energy, what it takes to do a reading for somebody. Um, I know how much time and energy I, I put into that. Um, and it's not even just that 30 minutes I've cultivated and I've practiced and I've grown to believe um, everything that I'm telling you and, and working through that energy and, and all of that is a valuable thing. And so we have to learn the give and take of energy exchange in life. And with boundaries, you can say, I will give <laughs> without you take, you know, um, but definitely speaking your truth is a big thing in cultivating healthy boundaries and healthy boundaries does not mean that you have to just, you know, delete everybody from your life. You just start to be who you truly are. <laughs> and sometimes people just don't like that. We take the face mask off. I guess is the best way to put it. No, that's a great way. That's a great way to sum it up. Yeah. Perfect. But I I encourage everybody to go check out Betsy and we'll tell you where to find her in a second because she drops wisdom like this every single time and it will blow your mind. Um, For the people that are just getting to know you for the first time through this interview, what is the one thing you most want people to know about you? Ooh, uh, I don't know that there's really any one specific thing that I'd want anybody to know about me, but what I would want people to know as they're getting to know me and as they're getting to know energy and, and, and anything metaphysical is to keep researching, always be very discerning about the information that you're getting from anything, anywhere Um, make sure that it's sitting right with you. We call that resonating. Make sure it's resonating with you. Make sure it's sitting right with you. And if it doesn't sit right, it's okay to not believe it. It's okay to not um, access things that are going to take up too much space and too much time. I am a truth teller. And if my truth doesn't sit right with you, that's perfectly fine. I'm not here to force you to believe anything. I'm here to um, help you grow and achieve. And if I'm not that person, (laughs) <laughs> there's another one out there <laughs> for sure. See, everybody, she tells it like it is. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about your upcoming projects and what you've got going on. You've mentioned your workshops. Tell everybody yes. about what you're working on. So I, I did three workshops um, at the end of 2019 and the beginning of, beginning of this year about self-alignment, um, coming into alignment with yourself. Um, one of them was about manifesting, learning how to manifest your own reality. Um, another one was about being in the present moment. And the last one was about, um, learning how to not judge yourself and judge others, which comes in really handy during this time. Um, and all of those, you know, I did them all live, but they're also available on my website, um, for the video purchase as well, the video replay. Um, the, the upcoming workshop is a little bit frightening to be quite honest. Um, Every time I do a workshop, I have to relearn. (laughs) I have to like go through and be like, it's, it's almost as if spirits like, all right, if you, if you, this is what you're going to do, you got to be really ready to teach it. Like I said, I, I teach through my own life experiences. Um, and the next one is going to be a series. Um, I think right now it's a, a series of three. It might even become a series of four. Um, a very limited availability, um, to do, uh, shadow work with me. Um, the workshops are, are, are open to everybody, however many people that want to do that. But 
I'm going to have also a small group of individuals that I'll also be working with in a very tiny, you know, way. So we can have that accountability to do our shadow work. Um, but at the same time, I, I'm, I can focus, I can, you know, hone in on, on everybody individually. Um, and, and you can feel like you're, you're in a like-minded individual state of mind. Um, and that's not quite available yet. I've decided that I'm not going to release it until after Mercury retrograde. There are some more shifts that are happening in my life, which is not new, but, um, there are a lot of changes and shifts that are currently happening. And with Mercury retrograde, I, uh, don't do anything, you know, big during a retrograde. I've, I've learned my lesson. So, um, but it's going to be amazing because shadow work is the divine wound. Shadow work is that, that thing that we don't necessarily want to see or admit about ourselves. And it is truly the only way for you to get to the positive light of who you are and your potential and your purpose. I will be signing up for that. So <laughs> I will be watching diligently because I, I, I need that. And you're right. That's one thing that nobody wants to confront. Mm-hmm. It's nothing you get super excited about, but if you can no, it and get the other <laughs> side of it, well, you've got to deal with your truth. You've got to deal with the yes. ugly side of yourself that you've been denying for so long. No, not really like that. Or I never, you know, whatever. You've got to deal with those things. Yes, And absolutely. you can only choose to do that when you've, come to almost a truth and understanding about yourself and you feel compelled and pulled to do it. And I'm, I'm definitely at that point now and I would trust you immensely to go on that journey. Well, I so that. I hesitate to say, I can't wait. <laughs> that you know, sounds a little be so liberating. It's so freeing. Yeah. It's going to be so liberating. You'll be fine. I yeah. promise. <laughs> I'll take very good care of you. I promise. <laughs> I, I believe you. I trust yeah. you. Okay, we've reached the point in the podcast where we are going to do Find Your Montrospective, where I give you a scenario and you find two positives out of it. Because as I've explained in previous episodes, we all allow things to affect our mood every single day. Some of the most trivial things will ruin our entire day. Yes. So it's funny that I I have this one for you after our chats about your um, sleeping patterns being off whack. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So here's yours, Betsy. You've had a long week. It's now the weekend, but you've forgotten to turn your alarm off. You really wanted to sleep in, but now you're wide awake. Find your perspective. Oh man, that's an easy one for me, actually. <laughs> okay, good. And the, the reason why that's an easy one for me is I don't, well, first I don't have an alarm anymore because I, I, <laughs> I built my reality around not needing to have something else wake me up other than my own body but I wake up really early. I'm an, I'm an early riser. Just naturally I'll wake up at six o'clock in the morning without any help. And, uh, before I even open up my eyes every day, I, I, I sit in that silence and I don't look at my phone and I don't look at anything that is, um, needed to, um, that's going to like trigger me in any way. And I allow myself to say, Oh, you're going to have a great day. There are going to be new things that you learn. There are going to be new people that you meet. And even if you don't have a really great day, you can always find something good. Um, you know, a small part of it, go outside, something like that. And um, I do yoga in the morning. I um, always try to do at least 20 minutes of yoga in the morning. Sometimes that's not possible with um, a six-year-old when he likes to do the yoga with me. <laughs> so it's not always calming. But I naturally start my day on a positive note. Um, I sort of always have. 
because I wasn't, I am a morning person. Um, so for me, that was a really easy one. <laughs> well, I knew I wasn't going to stump you because you're the queen of positivity anyway. You're going to find the positive <laughs> in anything, but yeah. okay, fair enough. Early riser, duly noted. Yeah. Um, what mantra do you say to yourself that keeps you going? Oh man, there are so, that really, that one stumped me. There are so many of them. Gosh, Heather, I think that you really stumped me on this one. So the thing that I say to myself almost on a daily basis is that, um, everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. Everything that we're going through, every person I talk to, every conversation that's said happens for a reason. It's really cliche, but if you allow yourself to stay in the present moment and realize that things are happening within this present moment that are going to expand the rest of your reality, you allow yourself to stay there. I think that's probably the biggest, biggest gift. So yeah, I say everything is happening for a reason all the time. And I believe it, you know, it's not just something I say to get me through like another moment. I have people that come into my life that I, I wish that I could have like, you know, contact with you know, more often, or I have situations that happen that I really wish that I could like celebrate a little bit longer or, you know, cause things shift in my life so fast, um, that I don't really get a chance to, um, if I'm not in that moment and enjoying it in that moment that I might miss it, you know? So I've really learned in my life to always like be in that moment and, and enjoy that piece of, of life. So yeah, everything happens for a reason. That was a brilliant piece of wisdom and a perfect way to end this. So thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes. Um, You've made a profound impact on my life. And I've learned so much from you already about myself and my journey. And again, hesitate to say I'm excited to do the shadow work, but I am. Um, (laughs) If you're interested in connecting with Betsy, visit her website, fearlessintuition.net and on YouTube at Fearless Intuition. Thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Heather. Remember, your thoughts become your reality. You have all you need to begin to make your dreams come true. Dream it, believe it, manifest it. Have a great week and I'll talk to you again soon.